Yeah, let's roll. Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for hanging out with us on Todd Bits. You asked for it. They're here. It took a lot. These guys are literally like a, a Korean pop band in popularity. It's unbelievable. Welcome back from RGO. John, Fred, boys, welcome. We're back. Back, baby. We're back. Guys, I got to tell you, the fan mail that I got from you is almost frightening. I mean, I've got articles of clothing in the mail. I've got emails. I get people asking for your phone numbers, which is really creepy. It's crazy. And, and, and I'm just absolutely thrilled to have you here. And not only that, I'm thrilled to have you here because I'm having a good hair day. And that means a lot, Fred. Not something I've heard. I'm sure you've ever said before or feel that way in the morning. Nonetheless, feeling good, though. I know you look good. You're strong like bull. And I love that about you. I absolutely love that about you. You're having a good stash day, unlike me. I am having a good. Yeah, you know, it, it is. It's you know what? It feels good to wake up and be me and look in the mirror. Every day. I love it. I absolutely love it. And by the way, do you love the backdrop? This is strictly I did this solely for you guys because I had so much fun the first time and people loved you guys so much. I thought, hey, let's do a little tropical thing. We're talking about imports, kind of extending summer through the through the winter time. I thought, you know, we got Todd Versations. We got Todd bits. Let's do a Toddcation. And that's what we're doing today. We're having a Toddcation on our show. Yes, baby. Yeah, I'm digging love it. it. I'm digging it. I love it. So again, fan base is huge. Groupies are, you know, the groupie thing, completely weird, but I love it. So I do appreciate you guys coming back on and, and hanging out and BSing with me, all, all fun and kidding aside. It's great to have you. Um, I enjoyed the last time you guys were here. We had some great conversation. It was fun. It's certainly fun to do this and smile and laugh a little bit. And I know that that's uh, pretty much the norm when I hang out with you guys. There's no two ways about that. We're, just, we're so, so excited to be back in your crib. Uh, you know, it's always awesome. And then now that the crib's a little wet, it gets a little yeah. more I know it's, it's strong like bull. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. I'm loving this. We'll just you know, catch I, a wave and ride. Well, I know. I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm no lie. I am as fired up as a kid getting a full size Snicker on Halloween. There's no two ways about it. I mean, I am stoked to be here. Hey, it's time. Mm -hmm. You know what? You're just like a Snicker because you satisfy. Damn straight there. Damn straight there. Write that. You know what? Putting that down. That is going to be new merch <laughs> right there. We're going to put that on the merch table. <laughs> Absolutely going to put that on the merch table. But I do appreciate you guys getting here. And I called you and I said, hey, let's let's talk about what the hell's going on in this world when it comes to imports. You know, there's a whole bunch of boats sitting off the shore right now with a bunch of Christmas toys, which are going to be a real hassle and a real thing. And I want to get into that a little bit and talk about what, what it's like to be a trucker in the great state of California. Um, but really wanted just to kind of get in and, and talk about what's coming up, what's going on. What are you guys seeing from your perspective? Because I love the fact that you have this global view. I love the fact that you have so many people out in the field. You know what's going on in each zip code that's around California. Um, your perspective is so unique compared to so many other people because you are on the ground and you are in different cold storage. You are seeing the flow, the ebb and flow of the farming community. So first question I want to throw at you guys, um, you know, how's it going this year? How are things going to finish up and you know, when it comes to, to, to fruit and stuff this year. Don't fight for the answer to the question, for God's sakes. I mean, whoever, Fred, you want to go first? You want to jump go in, first? baby. Yeah, jump in. It's been, a, go. uh, it's been a summer. It's been a summer. You got uh, out of California. Profound. You got water. Very you got water profound issues. statement. That's you got water issues. You got labor issues. Um, weather issues. We had some rain recently. Um, that heat little spell in the middle of summer. From a great perspective, um, we're really seeing usually that transition from, you know, domestic to import, usually around the end of December. Um, right. Depending on who we ask, if you have an import program, you're going to say the first week of December. If you don't have an import program, you're going to try to stretch it along as far as you can. Right. Um, quality be, will be the dictator. You need to look to where that equilibrium is with quality and price. But Peru, I mean, Peru's hungry. Um, they've proved in year and out that they've got, a really 
good program that needs to be recognized and respected. Are we, are, so we, stuff are, we, are we allowed to say dictator on this program? How many countries are you in? Are you uh, me? No, I don't, I don't edit anybody. No, we have an explicit rating. You can say whatever you want. You can say dictator. You can say baked potato. I don't really care. Yeah, it's not, we're not going to, yeah, but how many countries? Uh, a lot. Probably the ones that, dic probably ones that have dictators. So, but yes. you know, I think we're safe. We're safe. We're good. We're good. Nobody knows. Hey, no, Johnny, nobody's going to know you're on Shaw Avenue in Fresno. You're totally fine. Don't worry about it. You're totally safe. Let we're it go. Good. Yeah. East you're Shaw, fine. We're not West Shaw, but, um, uh, so, uh, I digress. Uh, <laughs> it happens. But it's going to be very interesting, uh, for the transition. Ideally, Hoping for a nice, smooth transition. The last few years, California growers really got, it was not necessarily, it was unexpected, but they expected a, a longer season from retail, just hanging in with them. But like I said, that Peruvian fruit's been coming and it's fresher, it's cleaner. They got the new varieties. Um, and there is a point where quality does dip below a certain level when price goes up and you got to be able to navigate that those waters and you know having boots on the ground in California and boots on the ground out here kind of giving that data to our customers telling them when we would advise shipping and then let them fill in the lines right so, well one of the things that I've heard you know and, and you know out here right now is that you know we're in this situation this fall where there's literally there, there's more fruit than there's you know literally sales at some points I mean, are you guys seeing that? I mean, because I know the growers are having a hard time. Um, you know, there's, 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 whether it be acquisitions, there's people that are fighting with the banks trying to save. I mean, it's, it's, it's messy out here. Probably as messy as I've ever seen it in my, you know, tenure of playing in the sandbox. Johnny, I mean, does that resonate? Does that make some sense? I mean, you guys, you sensing that too? Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. And, and Fred alluded to some of the challenges inherently that we have. Um, and a lot of them are unique to California. Um, you know, and a lot of them are man-made challenges unique to California. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're definitely seeing those challenges and, and it's a struggle. It's, 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 it's something that um, we're very well aware of. And, you know, conversely, the situation we're in, we're doing our best to allow these growers to succeed and give them an opportunity to get that product to the marketplace, make sure they're getting it to the right home so that they can, they can get a, you know, a good return for their growers. And to your point, uh, it's amazing too, just the influx of venture capitalists and what that does and how, how that impacts generational farming. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, you know, a lot of these people have farms. They're, they're, they're really asking themselves what their future is and do they want to keep doing this or not? And that's, that's an interesting, interesting dynamic. Well, it's a huge dynamic and it's something that I think we need to be more cognizant of because if you take a look at the space, there's not a second generation. You know, like if the second generation is not going to come, the third generation is not coming. Right. And we're at that point where you've got some of these things. And I mean, uh, privy to some of the things that are going on and things that I hear. There's first generation farms that have second generation, you know, family members that are bailing at this point. And that's just surprises me because they're, they've got the acres. They seem to be relatively successful. Things seem to be working. All of a sudden it's like, nope, I'm out. And I think that's a sign, to me, that's a sign of concern that agriculture is becoming a big risk. It's bad enough you're fighting Mother Nature every day. It's bad enough you got bugs. It's going to rain, right? I mean, those you wake up every day with those risks, right? I always say farmers are the biggest gamblers in the world, right? They always want to hit once every five years. But at the end of the day, that fear factor of that extension of capital, prices aren't going, you know, prices, retail, you know, the price of a box isn't going up, but all the other costs are. And we're in this, this, this stuck mode of like, we've got to start to appreciate what it takes for a grower to wake up, put his boots on 
and put food on his family's table every day and realize that it's not cookie cutter. You just can't decide that a box of widgets is going to be $12 because that's what you think it's worth. It just doesn't work that way. And that backlash is we're starting to see to exactly to your point that, that, you know, investment money's coming in, which is scary in the sense that who are they going to get to run it? Right. How is that going to work? That becomes a whole nother avenue. Yeah. Right. It, 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 they run it like widgets and stuff. It's not, not looking good. I mean, yeah. Go ahead, Jail. It's that it, that intellectual equity uh, that that they have that they, they grew up with, and and we said it before. Each you know each each tree, each vine, each each plot of land, they have their own personality, their own dynamics, and they need different nutrients and different water, and they're all different. They're all different, and you're 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 going to you're going to lose some of that, and and that's scary. But conversely, when you talk about the price of fuel, you talk about the the cost of insurance, you talk about the co- increasing cost of labor. The, the, the input cost of these products and they're going to get passed on. And, and you talk about the current inflation that's happening and, and how that's going to impact the cost. It's already impacted the cost of goods. Correct. Exponentially worth that here. Yeah. And I think, and I think the hard part is, is that, you know, while your packaging may go up and you get that pack, you know, the rest of it, the, the money it takes you to spend to buy that packaging, right. Cause that's, that's a really a valid point. It's like you, you have to use capital to keep moving forward it becomes really, really tough for these growers. I, I mean, you know, living in a farm community like I do and being a part of it for so long, I'm feeling they're paying more now than I ever have before. And I'm seeing more people, I think, at the table saying, I want out. And that's really scary. It's really scary. Yes. What, so when we're looking at imports now, you know, to kind of shift gears a little bit, I'm going to talk a little bit about logistics because this is, you know, and I, I want to get into the California logistics issue because quite frankly, I'm going to use the analogy. It's a train wreck, which I wish we had trains to put stuff on, right? Oh, wait, hey, hey. we have high speed, we have high speed rail coming uh, from the state of California. We, it's going to go, I think, from Merced to Bakersfield, Todd. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to driving down the freeway, watching it pass by. Um, and, and I'm still not certain it's going to be funded. I think they took it out of the budget this year. Correct. Yeah, it's not. It's but the tracks look good. They're really cool. Um, there's yeah, some great artists. There's some great artistry on them. Some wonderful graffiti. Yeah, it's young people. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's a classic California move. Let's let's get something we don't need, but spend too much for it. I love it. Um, it sure made a lot of people happy. They did. They did. Like I said, it's gonna and it's gonna be fun to see that thing never run. Um, but you know, when I think about like this import thing, we talk about these ports, and that's what I want to kind of get into right now. And I know, I know for you, Fred, back on the East Coast, it's not as bad. I believe it will probably end up getting worse because people are going to start to shift and try to put more onto your side and truck it across, you know, this whole crazy thing. You know, so, so Philadelphia has got that to look forward to. And it's certainly not going to be the Eagles in the playoffs. That's given. Um, so my question is, you know, from a perspective of somebody that's importing, you know, I'm hearing that there's a massive amount of hesitation from 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 South America, from these other countries to actually even try to bring product into the United States. They're looking at these other avenues. They're looking at, let's get more into Asia. Let's get more into Europe. Let's get more into, you know, anywhere else we can go because this is such a train wreck and such a nightmare out here. Are you guys feeling that same vibe out there that these importers are really taking a hard look now and concerned? Kind of, sort of. I would, I would break it down a little bit into two parts of U.S. I think more growers are hesitant to go to the West Coast, like you yeah. mentioned. Um, I think there's going to be less where we actually, in the, in the years previous, we actually saw more fruit arrive via container. It rides better, cold chains better. Um, I think this year you're going to see less container, more bulk break. 
because um, those boats coming in a Philly, the boat break boats, it's easier to unload, navigate. Um, what's a boat break? What, what's a boat break boat? Explain so uh, everybody has seen the containers on the news. Um, right. You see them riding down the freeway. The boat break boat is a, basically a boat that's empty that you load individual pallets on. Gotcha. So it's just a giant boat full of pallets that are moving all over with the ocean. So you can only imagine how those arrive. Oh, um, be fun. It's great. It's very fun. Uh, but you're, you're going to see more, more people go towards that. And actually interesting from a world standpoint with the ports. I mean, you look at Shanghai, you look at, um, you know, Hong Kong, they're backed up too. I mean, I yeah. think the world pinch of the supply chain, it's at the ports, but it's even further down the road of where these things are. And it's, it, it's, I, and the other thing that I, I think the Southern hemisphere is going to be more inclined to send to the East coast um, is days traveled. They can still afford to sit out at sea for five days, six days, as opposed to go where it only takes 12 to 14 to get to here from Chile. Right. Rather than 25 to 30 to Asia and then have to sit out there for another week. So right. well, very interesting. Yeah. I think numbers though, I think, I think we actually are going to be up in what Chile is going to send. I think the numbers are up. Um, Granted, they had the rains last year, so anything should be up compared to last year. But I, w- there's there's optimism in terms of what we're going to get here. Well, I, you know, and great point about bringing up, you know, Shanghai, bringing up Hong Kong. And I think one of the big problems they're having is that because of this backlog, they don't have containers to send back. That's some of your issue. The boats are there, but they don't have anything to put. They don't they have no way of doing anything with it because all these right. containers are just stuck. I mean, that's another issue of this whole thing. I want to get tiny homes, man. Yeah, well, I want to get into a little bit. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Modular homes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get into this thing in California because, you know, I I kept hearing, you know, these truck driver shortage, truck driver shortage. You know, you you listen to the news and then it's all of a sudden, you know, I think in today's world, you listen to the news and you got to go figure out what it actually the news is. Um, And so I dove into this a little bit and and peeled back this proverbial onion when it came to the California crisis. And, you know, Quite frankly, I personally disagree that it's an issue that we don't have enough trucks. It's an issue of we don't have, we're not utilizing the trucks that are actually available for several reasons. One of which, um, on the California ports, you cannot be an owner operator of a semi truck. You have to be a union driver. So in this country, we have over 400,000 owner operators on the highway today. Um, And interestingly, 34% of the owner operators are vets. And the average owner-operator, average median income of an owner-operator is $50,000 a year. I mean, these people bust their humps week in and week out, providing a service to this country and to you know, our personal families that go unrecognized. You know, and I think about some of the stats I pulled up from the DOJ and other sources. They're away from home 151 plus nights a year as an owner-operator. Away from home, 151. I know it's like when I did 100 nights a year, 151. That's, that, that's a ton of nights away from home. And what's even more interesting to me in California is not only do you have this union issue down on the dock, but you have to be driving a truck that's a 2011 or older or have that truck modified to an engine deal by 2020 or no later than 2023. But the average age of a truck for an owner operator in this country is 2008. And I don't think people understand that's a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar investment to a guy that's working his ass off making 50 K a year. Right. So, how do these guys survive? I believe if you really kind of call to arms and said, we want to solve this problem, I, I would bet you a dollar 
that you could probably get a thousand trucks showing up in Long Beach going, we're here to help. Give us an opportunity. Well, right. A friend of mine uh, worked for a truck dealer down in uh, Santa Fe, California. And he said one of the stories he had was some of his guys that are drivers, they're driving their 2010 truck in circles around those ports just to remind them of what they're missing out on. Well, exactly. One year off. One year off and we can't utilize. And then the other crazy thing is when I think about this money, these, these poor folks have to go invest. And, you know, and I'm not even going to say it that way. The money that they want to invest in their business, right? Because it's their own, they're an owner operator. It is their business. But in California, we working on this legislation, this stuff to pass that by 2035, everybody's going to have to have an electric truck, except there's no electric truck technology yet. We don't even know what the hell we're going to do, but yet we're going to have to do this. So how are we incentivizing these 400,000 people to reinvest in our country's supply chain by holding them hostage on doing their jobs. It's fucking stupid. It Whoa. kills me. Oh, I that. Our, our electrical our electrical grid is doing fantastic. Well, that's yeah, true. We true. Can yeah, oh, I, so, man. I, it just I'm sorry to get on my soapbox, but I find it so frustrating because being and you guys, I think, would agree with me. We've been in this business a long time. The business is run by truck drivers. This, they are so Absolutely. intricate to the part of, I don't care, you know, the retailer can do all the bells and whistles they want. If they can't get it to their warehouse, okay, and your growers can do all the greatest jobs in the world, but if they can't get it to the retailer to get on that great store shelf, it's all for nothing. And I, I just feel like we throw the baby out with the bathwater and, you know, this problem can be solved. It, 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 you know what it is? It's like, it's not about fixing the problem. I think we have to spend more time understanding the problems we're trying to fix. And I don't think we have, sometimes we don't have the right people in the room. It's just yeah. crazy. It's crazy. So I'm sorry. I digress and I got pissed yeah, off. And I, okay, I even dropped, and I dropped an F-bomb. And I dropped an F-bomb. Okay. Well, what, what I would recommend uh, you go do is buy a generator so you can charge your truck. Oh, I'm sorry. Generators are going to be outlawed as well in the state of California. Correct. Now Correct. I've got it. Now my riding lawnmower, I got to get a new one that's electrical. And tell me how many times I'm going to run over the cord on my electrical lawnmower. <laughs> well, first, 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 first of all, yes, I will tell you right now, you will not get pat, you will not get on the grass without running over the cord. That's hundred percent. But they, you know, they do have electric motor now that do work off battery, but the cord. Battery thing, yeah. The cord thing. I mean, you know, and, 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 chips? I mean, yeah. do we have them? Yeah. They have chips? Are they back ordered? How many years? Well, there's exactly that. Yeah, it's, they're on the they're, they're in the ports. They're, they're, in, they're in the port. They're in the port. And by the way, so are your Christmas gifts. So don't be pissed off if they don't show up till March. That's just already Christmas shop, baby. I already knew it was coming. <laughs> well, that makes me that makes me feel better. Hey, but you, you know, know what? that's, that's going to make St. Patrick's Day that much more beautiful, Todd. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you know, I always love. I love the. I love the Irish Christmas. There's no two ways about it. It is a gift that keeps on giving, especially the day mm-hmm. or two afterwards when you remember what you did the day or two before. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I wanted to get into this because I think it's so important. I think it drastically affects what you guys do. It drastically affects everybody. And, you know, we talk about these, these, these folks that are down there going, what do I do? California, the California, United States is a big market. Uh, we have a lot of people to feed and we're not doing a very good job of understanding that. So I, I, I guess my next question I want to throw back out to you a little bit as we're on this, you know, the subject of this transportation and what it means and the troubles. You know, you touched on it a little bit, Freddie, and either one of you can have this, you know, throw the question back out to you. But, I mean, are you feeling like imports this year, you know, given that we have the transportation problem, right? I'll put that aside for just a second. Do you, you know, you talked about fruit feeling pretty strong. Are you feeling that way across the rest of the regions they are going to have fruit coming up? 
Yeah, I mean, I would get what you just hinted on before. I get, I'm getting this question a lot more recently. Now that it's becoming news, a lot of our customers are asking this that same exact question. So uh, conversely, I peeled the onion back on the other side. You know, why is there a push for all this stuff? And boy, oh boy, did I go down a rabbit hole. Uh, so there was a great analogy um, that back in from 1980 when Carter deregulated um, that would turn it into the FAAAAAAA transportation thing. It's been a race since then. It's been a race to the bottom in terms of trucking industry. And a lot of people feel that bottom is there uh, with the owner operator. They're expected, as you said, they, they don't earn a great wage. They're away from home all the time. And they're now with, like Johnny was mentioning with insurance, health insurance, life insurance, they're expected to foot a bill. Now, where this little pinch in the supply chain came about with the ports, it was, hey, you can do a drop, a pick drop, sell 400 bucks, you could do two of them a day. Let's go. On right. paper, all day will roll. Um, after COVID, during the congestion on the ports, they were comparing it to, hey, you have a flight on Friday, you don't know what airline, you don't know what terminal and you don't know what time, but show up. So these yeah. owner operators are showing up, they're footing the bill for their fuel. They're wasting an idle tank, you know, quarter tank of gas. They pick up their container, they go to store X. Store X due to labor, that container isn't ready to take home, take back to the port. Yeah. So now they just got paid 200 bucks. Now they're negative income. So these right. owner operators were expressing concern like, hey, can we be employees during this type of thing? No. So what do they do? What does California do? That there's a union that smells it out. Boom. They unionized quick. Teamsters grabbed a hold of it. And now you went this direction, boom, all the way over here. And as you were saying, the answer is in the middle. Right. You got to find it in the middle, but we have flipped all the way back. And now you have unions dictating hours. You know, hey, we don't want to really work on Sundays, even though, you know, Uncle Joe said we're 24-7. The union says maybe that's not the best hours to work. So it's just a tough time in everything that we do. You know, no, I agree. You know, the COVID, working from home, when life went on pause, everybody kind of self-reflected. And I think getting back to the normal grind is tough. I mean, it's tough. You know, you want to Sitting it's, your it's, a great, it's a great point, Freddie, because I feel like uh, when you talk about the middle, I feel like everybody wants to take that step forward. Let's all get together, take that one step forward. But in the meantime, there's a lot of forces that just tied our shoelaces together. So they take that yeah. step forward and face plant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this is, a, Johnny, I 100% agree with you. And I think this, when you think about the trucking situation in these ports, um, that sums it up to a T. Right. We have an opportunity to solve this problem, yet we don't want to. It's like, again, it's like we, we go to fix problems, but we don't understand the problems we're trying to fix. And I just think that's so dangerous. And I think when it comes to your food, you know, when it comes to food, that's just it's ponderous to me to even go down this trail. It's just freaking stupid. Awful. It it's makes awful no sense. Because, you know, a lot of people um, <laughs> there was a Facebook post on a little neighborhood moms around here because in New Jersey. Which, now which of course, have, you're on. Absolutely. I'm the queen diva of that thing, baby. Well, I have the alter ego, Frederica. Um, but we, in, in New we, Jersey, we Carrie know. Hill. <laughs> a lot of people know your alter ego. Thank you, baby. Um, there's free lunches. 
<laughs> you, well, we'll get there later. Uh, so free lunches are offered for the uh, school district. Right. Well, a student came home with a oxidized, bruised, brown inside apple. It was posted, shared probably six, 700 times. Oh my goodness. Our, they're feeding our kids poison. I can't believe this. All that we pay. And I, ha I had to butt in. I did. And I just talked about the supply chain of what it comes, what, what goes into that one apple. It's free, first of all. If you don't like it, go grab another one. Second, think about everything before you start blasting. You know, they wanted a new buyer for the at the school district to be in charge. They wanted the food ladies to be fired. It's like, guys, whoa, whoa, this is fresh fruit that we're dealing with. And so much goes into it that just gets overlooked constantly. Right. Well, I, I mean, look, I, you know, I think a lot of people still go to the grocery store and think the broccoli comes out of the back room, right? I think that the, we, we've got to get a better connection to our food, which is one of the reasons why I it's just so humbled and honored to be able to have this platform and to be able to put people on that are actually working like you are to elevate this conversation, to drive a little common sense into the one thing. I mean, think about it. There's three things on this planet that we're all connected by, the sun, water, and food. And really, I, it, it baffles me that it's just so complicated to try to take care of all three of those and they don't become a bigger you know, priority, right? Sun, we can utilize for energy. There's ways we can do different things. Water, hey, that's kind of a priority. I read, I read that. I remember reading that in kindergarten, right? I mean, that's an important thing. And the food, right? And, and we work so hard to make our food supply so crappy that we're, I really feel like some of those decisions we're, we're paying for now and we're seeing the results of that now. It's no different than what we led into earlier, Johnny. We were talking about, you know, these growers that just aren't going to be here anymore. And I don't know, I, you know, you lose 5% of the growers that just want to cash in and cash out and move on, sell the ground, sell their water rights. I mean, hell, there's growers who are just selling water rights and making more money than the risks are taking farming. That's dangerous <laughs> long-term. It's dangerous. And we've got to get these conversations elevated. It, it turned our food, our food supply chain into rather than marveled our food, food supply chains expected. When yeah. you're driving on the freeway and you're looking at these 18 wheelers driving by you, they're in your way. Get out of my way. You're going too slow. I mean, no, that's, no, that's it, man. I mean, yeah, we and just, you don't, yeah. don't let them get on the freeway. Make sure you speed up and keep them from getting on the freeway. But if you're in your Prius now, if you're both in your Priuses, you just go to the fast lane and make us all slow down behind. No, you. man, that's no, the, man. The, the, the pre pre life is streaming behind the semi. You're at 61, 62 miles per gallon when you can figure that baby out. Crafty. I, I own that. I, I, I got it. Yeah. Not a draft. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. I stopped listening after. No, well, I stopped listening after pre-pre. I was trying to come up with something to say, but I don't think I need to now. I think the fact that Todd, you went deep on pre-pre. You'll never know unless you drive it. It's a it's a lifestyle choice, okay? And we chose to do it. And the pre-pre life is real. The tattoo, I'll show you guys later, but it's real, okay? Um, yes, I'm, and I'm appreciative. The pre-pre, pre-pre. I love it. I, I'm. You know, that's what I love about this format. I learn, I get educated, I, I, and I'm getting educated right now. On <laughs> this is this is actually beautiful. <laughs> Todd, I want to I want to go back because I thought it, it was interesting the way you brought in the three things that connect us. And and as, as frustrating as some of the things that handcuff us with the laws and regulations, I, I appreciate the goodness of what they're trying to do. They're trying to yeah. put us in a position where we have clean water, where we have clean air, where you know, if we, can, if we can get to the point where we have an electrical grid and we can have electrical trucks, you know, those, I think in the big picture, those are positive things, but you know, Fred hit it, but in the middle is where the answer is. And I think we just get pulled so far apart. Yeah. Uh, 
and so that you've got to be able to have, you know, an eye on today and, and succeed this week and then be able to succeed in the next decade and 20 decade and for the next generation. hundred percent. And I think that's very extremely important as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Come in and say, no, this is what it's going to be like, because that's just, as we've seen, it puts a kink in a lot of things. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I think, you know, again, we start thinking about that food supply. It's, it frightens me to start thinking about the fact that we are not putting energy into figuring out how to maintain our food supply sitting offshore right now, you know, get, you know, the TVs, the Christmas gifts. Okay. Whatever. I, I, you know, I understand. I feel bad for them too, but we're talking about our food supply and that just frightens me to death. Because, you know, we live in a world now of what if, what if this happens? What if this happens? Right. It's just the way the world is. And so I don't think we have a good what if contingency plan right now. We're, we're in the middle of that some way with what we didn't do on. too well in uh, 2002 with the what if, because that came in. Yeah. Ball, so. Right. A hundred percent agree. <laughs> so getting, getting us, getting us kind of back to the, the, the thought about import season and what's going on. I mean, I'll just kind of come full circle around. What are you guys looking forward to? Other than this trucking nightmare that I just scared the whole world about. Sorry, sorry, everybody. But hey, Woo! you got to hear. You got to hear it. You got to hear it. Well, you got to hear it to understand um, it. One one thing that I think uh, is a produce industry and people. I, I would even you know fresh produce especially mm-hmm. is that a lot of supply chain issues are nothing new for us. Yeah. This is something we we growers have been dealing with since the inception of farming. Absolutely. How how are we going to get? Our, 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 our lettuce to the people that need it. And so, you know, I, I think that the, that the fresh produce industry, we're ahead of the game. We deal supply chain issues every single day. And the one thing about produce people is they figure it out. They yeah. figure yeah. out how to get from point A to point B. Um, right. and, and I take a lot of pride in that because that's what we do every day is to make sure we're getting that fruit from point A to the end user from the farm sure. to the end user. And, I, I kind of laugh when you, you look at the news and it's like, oh, supply chain issues, supply chain issues. And it's like, yeah, no well, shit. Welcome. Welcome to welcome, our world. Yeah, welcome, welcome to Tuesday. Now yeah, you're just getting in our way, though. Your big TV's getting in the way of my pineapples, man. Let's go. Well, Come normally, on. It's, normally it's Sunday morning, right, when the truck doesn't show up. Right. Of course. Yeah. That or Friday, Friday night at five. My most favorite time to have a problem. Friday night at five. But, you know, but, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, in. in you can even say the same thing about immigration, right? Let's just give us a plan. The produce guys will figure it out. Just give us something to work with. That's what we've done for hundreds of years, right? I mean, whether you're whether you're back, you know, 200 years ago with using a draft horse, figuring out how you're going to get your stuff harvested and to the general store to make market, right? We've done it. You know, I think it's inbred. I think it's it's in our DNA when you're in this business to solve we, problems because you're dealing no with choice. such a per- right. Yeah, we're, right. It's a perishable item. We got no choice. We got to figure it out quickly. I agree, hundred percent. Well, I, I'm. It's going to be interesting to see, and I love what you said earlier, Fred. I mean, your optimism about what's coming up, you know, for this import season, where things are at. I mean, I think that's great. It's it's encouraging to hear because I'm not hearing a lot of that from people. So to me, I'd like, okay, I take it. I'm trying. Well, you, well, you're a beacon. Of, <laughs> you're always a beacon of sunshine, and I appreciate that. But right. it's it's nice for it, it, what, what I like to truthfully, I like to hear it from your perspective because you guys are so well connected. Um, in so many avenues, right? From fruit to veg, all this other stuff. So your perspective, I appreciate. So I find, take some solace and encouragement out of that. What else is out there that's got you guys, you know, besides, you know, Fresno State doing well in football. Let's go, baby. The, the Eagles. Big, big, post- big, game, big game, you know, big games for these guys the rest of the season. But they're doing I've been able to watch. I've been, ever since the UCLA game, I've been able to watch every game on TV because now they have it on the East Coast. Before, you know, I get screwed with the Fubo TV, whatever that 
game was an Oregon game, Pac-12 network that didn't have out here. But now, huh. 10.30 kickoff, come on. Yeah, that's right. You got the 10.30 p.m. Yeah, well, and, and look, and you got the Eagles. So I know that's got to keep you up at night going, yay, team. Mm. Okay, enough said. Enough said with that. Enough said with that. But right. I, I, Niners won when they came here. It was great. We sat with the Eagles. We were wearing red. It was fun. So at least Niners won, but now we're the same boat as they are. So. Were you were you sitting with your mom Facebook group, or were, were you just you just no man? We went there? we were up in the two hundred section with the Eagles, man. We uh I took the kids. It was interesting. I can only imagine. That's <laughs> that's that's one step behind the Bills, I think. You you were you yeah. were wearing your 49er gear, I'm sure. Absolutely, we were we were red, and then uh, all the other 49er fans they uh, they chickened out and they bought tickets down in the lower level where it's a little less rowdy. Uh, we should have done that. <laughs> well, lesson, nothing, nothing like learning a lesson with your kids. Lesson learned. <laughs> guys, I mean, unless you know, is there something you guys FJ, want to throw on? Yeah, FJ's vocabulary extended uh, quite well that weekend. So well, that's good. You know, it's just they're just words. It's the word, you know, if, if they're just words, and if it, when words becomes actions, then it becomes an issue. That's right? true. Right. That's true. So you still wear a niner gear, so we're good. Nice. I nice. just wanted to uh, follow up on Frederica. Wow. Wow. That is going up. Uh, can we, can we have that? Realize that she's too old for this shit. Yeah. I love it. We need to have, I was my wife. I I was Candace on Sunday morning. So she was Saturday night looking beautiful. And I was her Sunday morning. It was pretty good. Wow. We won won the, we won the costume. Your Saturday night. Saturday (laughs) Saturday night. night. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely love it. Wow. Well, we need. I, I got to get that. If you, it, it, Johnny, if you'll send that to me, I'll be very happy to put that up. <laughs> it's on our public domain. Channels. She put it on the world. It's public domain. It's yours, Tony. Yeah, we'll I be happy I'll to have it. Send that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not HR would approve. <laughs> you are HR. What are you I worried know, about, yeah, man? <laughs> Small business, man. We, you are uh, you're your own HR. I love HR, it. HR for me is hellraising. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You guys, thank you. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for kind of the insight and talking, you know, getting a little deeper in some of the problems that we have and, and getting this conversation elevated. And I hope that's what we do. I hope people hear this, get a good laugh, have fun on the treadmill, um, you know, hiding from their boss, listen to what our bullshit session is all about. But I hope they walk away from this and start to ask some more questions about the why behind what yeah. they're not necessarily hearing and get a little deeper in some of this stuff and try to understand that. You know, I say all the time, vote with your dollars, but knowledge is king. And this is one of those issues where I think the more people understand and go, hey, wait a minute, we need to start elevating this conversation because I think we can empower and solve some of these problems faster um, is worthy of our time and energy. So I appreciate you guys coming on here and uh, keeping our explicit rating up on uh, all, the, all the channels we're on. That's a good thing. Thank you. Okay. Positive cost of food, Toddy. Positive cost it's what it is, man. It's exactly it's exactly what it is. I beat that drum all the time. And now people are saying more, more and more people are talking about it out loud. And I think it's wonderful because the more we do, the more we have these conversations about these things. Like again, trust trucks are a positive cost of food. You know, logistics a positive cost of food. Imports, having fresh food, you know, fruit on your table all year long. That's a positive cost. That's a good thing for your family. These things are important to keep elevated. So I do appreciate you guys very much. Likewise, Daddy. All right, boys. Take you coming. Brother. By the way, you coming back for a third? Oh, you guys gonna come back? Yeah, March eighteenth. What, what is what is March eighteenth? Day after oh, St. Patty's Day. Day after come St. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't come thinking. On. I, I wasn't. Come on. Don't don't judge me like that. You can profile me, but don't judge. See me. See how the feedback on Frederica. If if I get the same amount of fan mail, I'm in. 
Let's go. <laughs> Dude, if I get it, look, I got to tell you right now, if I get any more articles of clothing, we aren't coming on a third time because I was offended <laughs> by what came in the mail. I was offended. And I don't get offended very often or very easily, but I got to tell you, sir, I told you, you guys are like a Korean, you're like a Korean K-pop band. It's unbelievable. You got groupies. It's, it's, I, you know, it's, it's, somebody's going to get a tramp stamp. I'm telling you right now with you guys on, it's not going to be good at the end of all of them. I swear. I appreciate you guys very much hanging out. Please come back. I want to keep the conversation going. I love talking about stuff like this. I love doing it with you guys because it's fun and, you know, open invitation. You're welcome to come back anytime you want. Great. Thanks, Dottie. Yeah. See you, boys. Take care. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Remember, go inspire somebody today. It's not hard to do. It's extremely important. Hopefully did. We inspired you a little bit to get more involved. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye.